Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast review of AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. Please press the thumbs up button, give us a subscribe, and get in your Omega chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar level before the show is out. And you'll be pleased to know that got over like Rover in the live chat. Hooray! <laughs> I totally forgot it was a thing. You, I know, I came in this morning and I was like, page here and you were like oh i didn't do that in my review i was stunned so annoyed with myself <laughs> because you know we would do i think that king ross was doing it as well but i think we both independently came up with that joke well we added the extra layer of doing it in a cockney accent page here, page here. god that pro- was just what was it a takeover show and it was just every it was match. WrestleMania. It was, was it WrestleMania? Because they showed that clip. She's like, Paige here. Yeah. And here's a clip from my movie, Fighting With My ah. Families, that, where <laughs> I and my brother meet Rock Johnson. And then yeah. they show the clip of that, that really awkward scene with it. Yeah. And uh, they showed it like Paige And they showed it like three times. Every time with Paige here. Yeah. Yeah. It got very annoying very quickly. But, <laughs> but well, we turned it into <coughs> Paige here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, Soraya, the former Paige in WWE, is now in AEW. She made her genuinely shocking debut last night. I had no idea this was happening because I wasn't, you know, being fed information to leak 15 minutes before the show started. Yeah, we've got your numbers, Sean. We know what your game is. <laughs> All these things, just it's like someone's giving it to you to drum up the interest in the show. It's very smart. Yeah, yeah, because the same thing happened with Karrion Cross. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a report before SmackDown being like, hey, I've heard that WWE might be in talks with Karrion Cross again. Boom, Karrion Cross is on that show. Hey, I've heard that in the summer there was talks between AEW and Soraya. However, WWE have also got some interest. Boom, Soraya debuts. Literally, like, two hours later. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a, re- it's a remarkable system you got, Sean. I respect it. <laughs> Absolutely respect it. But yeah, I because I saw the report on Fightful, I was on the train back from going to see Clerks. Oh, so you, you knew about it before well, you watched it. Yeah, because I was on the train back. I went to see Clerks 3 last night at the Prince Charles Cinema. 
Shout out to the Prince Charles mm. Cinema. And I was just flicking through Twitter while listening to Sonic the Comic, the podcast. And I saw this Fightful Select report, but I don't have it on my phone. So I had to get my laptop out, <laughs> connect to the train Wi-Fi, and then go on to our work Patreon mm. to, to read the report. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I think she'll probably go back to WWE, the new regime, the Triple H thing. Like that's, for me, that's the cool place to go at the moment is to make your big return to WWE. So I was I was so, so shocked when she showed up on this show. Like they did the big, when the, the beat down happened, I was like, okay, we'll get a run in here. Maybe it'll be a new debut. And then the music hit and I was like, okay, who's it going to be? And I was racking my brain thinking, who could it possibly be? Sarai was like last on my list. I hadn't even considered it, which is crazy because I think she spent about four years on Twitch streams and cryptic Twitter posts saying, oh yeah, I want to wrestle again, but they're, they're not letting me. I'm out of my contract now. I'm going to wrestle. I'm ready. Don't worry. I'm like, I just don't see it happening. <laughs> but the, You'll just continue doing Twitch streams. We'll talk about the match after the page stuff. Or sorry, God, I've got to call her Soraya. Mm-hmm. Um, Soraya here. Soraya here. It doesn't work as well. It's too many syllables. Yeah. Uh, and that, yeah, because there was some, there was a misdirect because you thought the angle after the match, Tony Storm retained. We could talk about it now, actually. It was a decent match. I really enjoyed it. That people, everyone got a spot to shine in. Shortest match on the show. It really was just filler because you had this big angle coming afterwards. Yeah. To um, Tony Storm won. But I think it was an Athena crazy double fall away slam backdrop spot, which busted Britt Baker open. Yeah, Brian Alvarez was most upset about that on yeah. Twitter. But Britt Baker, I feel like her whole character is no Thunder Rosa, you should wrestle through injury. <laughs> I'm going to show you how. I've got a broken wrist. I've, and she was like reveling in it. She was smearing all this blood on her stomach. Yeah. Like, look at my face. I, it's been smushed in. I thought there was a moment where she wiped blood off her face and then rubbed it on Tony Storm. And they thought, oh, actually, that's a bit gross. I'll just do it myself. <laughs> I'm hungry. <bro." laughs> but then Jamie Hayter runs down. You're like, oh, okay. Here's that angle. Because a lot of Grand Slam was about kind of fan make dues for All Out. Not the backstage stuff, but, you know, the, the acclaimed title win was set up and then paid off here. And I thought, ah, oh, the Jamie Hayter babyface push that got hugely over at All Out. Here's when they pay off on that again. But Jamie Hayter ran down, looked like she was going to stop Brit from beating down the victorious babyface, Tony Storm. But their heels, yuck, yuck, yuck. They started beating down Tony together. And I you know, that was... That was lame. I think a boat has now been missed. It's it's frustrating. It is because this, this is like the third time we've mm. done it now. And I feel like the time has come for Hater to split away from Brit and just do that feud. And I wonder if they would have done had Soraya not signed yeah. on the dotted line. And yeah. they were like, uh-oh, we need a, a stable of baddies here. Like, we can't just put Rebel in there. So... It's got to be, well, we'll just keep Jamie with, with Brit for a bit longer. So that's that's definitely a negative for me. But the the immediate follow-up was so shocking that it made up for it quite, quite heavily. Soraya comes out, the crowd are losing their minds, no promo, but everybody immediately gets out of the ring, cowering away from 
someone who's not medically cleared to wrestle the last time we heard. That, yeah, I was going to say, that we know of. We don't know what her deal is. Like the, fight... the wrestlers wouldn't know. Kayfabe-wise. Don't, don't, don't touch her. I'm she... beating the crap out of her. <laughs> so, yeah, like, they, she's not... We don't know if she's medically cleared to wrestle mm-hmm. in a real-world scenario. The Fightful Select report said that she was, like, you know, looking to do some wrestling. So I think she will be in the ring and competing. Commentary certainly made it sound that, that way. That's what I said. It looks like she looks great. She looks ready to go. Um, so it sets up a six woman tag as well because you've got she was then standing with Athena and Tony Storm up against Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Serena Deeb mm. with Rebel there. So it just sort of like made sense that you know that's that's your first match for her there is in that six woman. Yeah, I feel bad for Jamie Hayter though because it just yeah. feels like well we've got a different babyface Brit instead. Yeah, <laughs> so, so back to the heel team with you, Jamie. A, a lot of um, a lot of AW's missteps recently have been through like you know bad backstage happenings but then you've got a few things which are just like ah oh, no that just by circumstance this particular act has missed the boat yeah so like ftr should be the tag team champions but the acclaimed are amazing and it's just it's no longer the ftr's time it's past a bit it's the it's all about the acclaim now similar thing with jamie hader here like if you've got soraya you've got to bring her in and yeah. that probably has and um, neutered that story so yeah, Soraya, she's in AEW. It certainly feels like she's going to wrestle and probably into a feud with Britt Baker. So not immediately going for a title. It's a great first feud. Yeah. Right up at the top of the card with, you know, one of the most established women uh, on the roster. And it's one of, that's like a genuine intergenerational dream match. Yeah, I think I would say so. But is it intergenerational, Luke? Well, yeah. Do you know way. how old Paige is? She's probably still in her 20s. She's one year younger than Britt Baker. Is she really? She's 30 years old. Britt's 31. It's insane. She did retire so young, though. I remember remember, us doing that when she announced her retirement. You and I doing the podcast being like, Christmas Day is young. It's weird. So young for her to be retiring. It's weird to watch whole wrestlers' careers debut, go through NXT, win the championship, wrestle AJ Lee, then retire and then come back after a really long time out. And still she's four years younger than me. Um, I, I really enjoyed this match as well, actually, just to mm. quick, briefly talk about the match. I actually thought it was better than the All Out four-way. Um, I really they enjoyed that. Because I, I thought Serena Deeb was excellent in this. I thought Athena oh, yeah. was awesome as well. Like Serena Deeb doing that, like... The double pin spot I thought was great, and then doing the double submission thing mm. was great, and Athena doing the big power spot. I just I really really enjoyed this match, and I thought it made Tony look great, and I thought it made Britt look great. I thought it, this raised all of their stocks. It didn't and, do that for me. And then Soraya's debut it made the segment even bigger. However, I feel like we've just been here before when we talked about wow, this new star has mm. debuted for AEW. And in the women's division, no less. And it's when you've only got one match a week, two if you include Rampage. I don't. It's hard to get that ball that that ball rolling. Like, look at Cloud. Like Claudio has struggled to get his ball rolling in AEW. Miro is a guy who feels like he's struggling to get his ball rolling in AEW. And there's loads of men's matches mm. in AEW. Like What's Sarai going to do? Like, is Sarai debuting? Is that just going to push Tony Storm to the side? That interim women's championship is going to be sort of forgotten about because we're now focusing on this thing here because, heaven forbid, we have two women's matches on a show. They'll just tune out in droves. So 
I am excited, but I've, I've, I've read this chapter before and I didn't like this. Well, this chapter ended me being like, that could have been a better chapter. Where's Ruby Soho? <laughs> a great question. I think she, she's injured. She is injured, yeah. in fairness, but, it's, but still. All, it's also been a year and yeah. she hasn't been injured for all of that year. So one of the big bits of learning I've realised this year, because we're, we're still learning about the, the medium. Everyone is. If anyone tells you they know everything, they've stopped learning and they are now going to be passed by. And that is, I um, actually take into account my future excitement with my current excitement. And that's how I judge the overall angle or match. So you can have an amazing match. And I'd be like, that was amazing. But if you have an amazing match with a setup for a future angle, I'm like, oh my God, this is this is firing all, all cylinders. This is pro wrestling perfection. But if it's an amazing match that sets up kind of like a bit of a disappointing next step, I'm like, oh, actually, that's taken away mm -hmm. from my enjoyment of the in-ring bell to bell. And yeah, I think that's where I've been at for a while with AEW. I think a lot of people have now gotten on, but there's still, you know, obviously loads of people who are very loving of everything AEW does. And that is, it's been three years and we have had loads of people come in and not all of them have been used effectively. No. And that initial goodwill where you're willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, which is a phase that Triple H's WWE is currently in. So I'm very I'm well aware that this is a shifting thing depending on who's got the most momentum. That isn't there currently for AEW. And it's not just what will they do next with Soraya for me. It's also I've also got this thing in my head where if she debuted last year, last summer, I would be over the moon 100% happy. Like this would be insanely good. Removed from the genuine brilliant shock of the debut itself. But off the back of Jeff Hardy and CM Punk, so, you know, two people who had injuries and issues backstage. I th I'd like now Paige comes in, someone who the other company would not let her wrestle because of a, a neck injury. You know, it's just it, I lived through TNA and it also makes me feel a bit like, oh, what's going to happen? Danielson's wrestling. And it's fine. Mm -hmm. Edge is wrestling and it's fine. If anything, Danielson actually uses the fact that we're all very worried for him <laughs> in all of his matches. If Paige is a Soraya is able yeah. to get in the ring and she's medically cleared, I will have that first few, those first few months, I will be as little bit on edge with it like I was with Danielson when he first came back in that in his WWE return. First few matches he had, I was oh. just like, oh, I don't know. Because remember he doing those running drop kicks on Shane and, and whoever it was? And I was like, oh, God, oh, no. Um, oh, it was Kevin Owens and Sammy. Mm. And uh, it was it really was like, oh, my God, please be okay. I think I'll probably have that with, with Paige here as well. Um, if, if I can uh, throw on some optimism. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If I may. One of the things I used to say on this podcast and various other podcasts was, look, AEW's women's division is what it is. It's a building block thing. And it's, look, they didn't have a big star when they started. If they had a big star, and the example we always used to use was Sasha Banks because there were rumors that she was unhappy with mm. WWE and she might have gone across. So if they had a Sasha Banks, they would have put more focus on the women's division. And that, you know, Sasha Banks didn't go across. So we've just been putting the focus on it we have with the stars that we've got. Now we've got one of those level stars. 
is this now the time when Tony's like, maybe we'll do two segments. Maybe I will do two matches. Because now I've got a star I can put over here and I've got some stars I can build up over here. But that optimism is very much the case of, well, I said it three years ago, so let's see if that optimism I had then can actually pay off now. Tony is drawn to stars. Like, if someone provably moves a needle, he will start giving them more TV time. He's a very stats-driven man. So, yeah, if Ed, if it's going to happen, I can't think of a bigger debut or, or a, like, switch over than this. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Um, but... Book a book a well, book the whole division well, yep. and that's the best advert for anyone who feels like they haven't got a good showing in WWE to jump across. Because now it's a lot more competitive for talent and creative. Sure is. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's see what you all thought on the Omega. Can we say? Can we say Omega? Oh, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, you're right. Um, I'm the, a bit, but he's um, he's got the bite on his arm, and everyone felt real sorry for him. In that the redacted chats. <laughs> the redacted chats. Get them in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. 
Uh, Kevin says, can't be watching live because my jaw was injured after I had to pick from the floor after, oh, after I had to pick it up from the floor after Soraya's debut. Really happy for her, and I hope she'll be able to compete because there's a lot of exciting matches to see. Also, I really like her theme song. Uh, I didn't really hear it much, but mm. sure it'll be, sure it's grand. The crowd were too loud. Uh, crowd was, they popped huge yeah. for this. This was one of those genuine, legit shock debuts. Right, DR. Hey, yo. Happy to see Soraya Page on my television screen. If she's planning on wrestling, really hope she is cleared, 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 cleared to wrestle. Brian and Edge have scared us enough during matches. On a side note, I really enjoyed fighting with my family. Fighting with my family, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy. I know. Because like, you just watch it and be like, that's not what happened. And it just, it presented WWE as this weird place that isn't what it is. It's like Nomadland where they are weirdly uh, praising of Amazon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like, yeah. But it's a show about old people who have been forced into homelessness and pretend it's uh, their own decision for a way of life. Something which Amazon potentially arguably fueled. Oh, but Amazon. Yeah. Where like WW, like it just presented this place of like, look at these these mean girl things who then discover this new way of life. Also, this is the mech of where everyone looks to to end up going. It's just a weird movie, mm. but Florence Pugh's incredible, so yeah. I couldn't I couldn't hate it too much. I think, um, yeah, people who don't know inside wrestling, what a movie! What a movie! What a really good what, feel good thing. What an inspirational story <laughs> it told. And then you have to be the one who's like, that's not how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Harriet Mangagel, hello Harriet. Hey guys, I was very happy to see Soraya debut on AEW last night. She looked amazing, and I'm very excited to see how she does on the show. Social Media Abby doesn't often tweet about wrestling, unless it's Jamie Hayter related, but she was very excited for Soraya's debut. And PSK Fallout says, been watching you guys since 2017, and this is my first Ultra Chat. I got to see Grand Slam live and it was amazing. I love the matches and Soraya's debut was a genuine shock. Didn't love all the screwy finishes though. Can't wait to go back, jam that jam. Uh, we'll get on to those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so let's get into the main play-by-play -play review of the show. A long night. Have you heard? Yeah, well, I think apparently there's the stories I heard were that like people were leaving in their droves during the lights out match between Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs because mm -hmm. by that point it was half past midnight. Yeah, so it was a two hour rampage. It was a two hour dynamite, and well, it's out. Yeah, they went really late on a on a school night. Yeah, it's on also a Wednesday. I believe there are like eight matches on rampage as well. It's, when they started running through all the matches, I was like, oh, okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, it's two hours. Okay, thank God. <laughs> uh, no, no, but wait. No, no, there's still more. Yeah. There's a lot of matches on that there's card. Like six, there's like eight matches. So I, I, this is a bit of a spoiler for tomorrow's Blackpool Content Club. I mentioned that Full Gear is a two-night two event because there's a special Full Gear Rampage and then there's full gear. And I was like, maybe this Tony's learnt his lesson from All Out and doing a 15-match card isn't the best way to do it. So he's going to spread them across a two-hour rampage and a four-hour paper. Love it. Love that as an idea. And people was like, no, it's just so we can do 15 matches on full gear and do eight matches. And 15 <laughs> matches on rampage, most likely. 
Uh, every single one a title match. <laughs> we got enough of them. Uh, uh, but we haven't got enough championship matches for 38 different title matches. I'll buy another promotion. What, I'll introduce you... some more belts. I'll just make a new belt. Uh, the Australian Championship. Women's tag titles. <laughs> Women's trios. <laughs> I'm bringing back the hardcore division. Can we get some suggestions for more belts? For fun belt names only, yeah, please, please in, do. The, in the chats, and we'll we'll get the moderators to amass the, the funniest ones. What's that sound that's just come on? I actually don't know. It was making the sound earlier as well. I doubt it's being picked it's, up. It won't be, it's not being. It won't be picked up by the mics, but still, it's like someone's flushed the loop. <laughs> We're hearing on the, the other pipes. side of the door, but that's not how <laughs> the building's plumbed. Right. So this episode of Grand Slam looked incredible. Looked awesome. I think it was like thirteen, fourteen thousand people there. Million dollar gate. Oh, that company's the company's dying for an episode of TV. Incredible. Yeah. Like the one an achievement. Um, I don't know if what did they do last year at Arthrash. I think they sold that out as well, didn't they? But was it a million dollar gate? No, I, I don't know if it was a million dollar gate, but like Tony's only just started promoting the whole million dollar gate thing. So, I mean, maybe it could have been, but like, I mean, I, as a company, I just think they're going to start struggling. I think, <laughs> I think all the all the all out stuff, like this company's going to be dead within a few months. Look, okay, yeah, obviously the company is not dying. It's in a very good position. However, let's not undermine all the very no, serious all, issues yeah, that blew up. Uh, apparently the backstage morale is much better now yeah. the last three weeks that was the, apparently there was a backstage meeting before uh, this episode of Dynamite and the report from Fightful Select was morale is so much higher than it has been pretty much all, since all, all, all year basically and what changed? <laughs> the elite left and CM Punk, and CM Punk. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, well, like, when I I can't imagine if you're like Omega and the Bucks and you're like this is the company that we started and they're now having the better time with us not there <laughs> You could blame it on Punk, though, couldn't you? Because they were also having a great time when they were all together. I'm just like, there's still like this part in my head where maybe, maybe, maybe Tony and Punk can work <laughs> it out. Maybe Punk's gonna apologise. And they, there's surely a way. I'm just like, but my brain's going. He's got to go. This is <laughs> oh, damn. It's tough being a Punk fan the last couple of weeks. It's like that Vince McMahon introducing the NWO. It's like a lethal dose of poison. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, really great. Uh, staging that they had the ramp up that that was level with the ring. It looked like a road. No one went. I'm walking here, <laughs> which would be a New York. Well, because they had like taxi cabs like going up and yeah, down the, the ramp up. You needed someone walking across, being like, hey, I'm, hey, walk, "I'm walking here." We call these bagels. Yeah, with a slice like of pizza in his hands. Yeah, <laughs> this is the best pizza in all of New York. Uh, it looked amazing, and it was a genuine pay-per-view caliber card. Five matches, all title matches, great matches. I the kept, wrestling. I kept writing, what a hot crowd. Oh, the crowd are incredible. This this is... Tony Khan often like chucks everything uh, this year, particularly. And we've seen that with this special episode. It's Fighter Fest, it's Quake at the Lake, it's Dragon Night. But this was a genuine special episode. It was. And, and I feel like they should make more dynamites normal dynamites. So these feel even more elevated by comparison. I'm this is pay-per-view level. I'm a true believer of learning from mistakes. Mm -hmm. Trying things and then learning from those mistakes. And I'd like to think that Tony is a person that would learn from a mistake. He'll just do more specials next year. <laughs> because it would be like, I love him. I'll yeah. do more. I'm going to brand every single dynamite something. Next week, it's Grander Slam. 
<laughs> and then the grandest slam. The grandest slam of them all. Grand Slam goes to space. <laughs> Grand Slam holiday. Grand Slam goes to Costa del Sol. Grand, Am- Grand Slam versus Winter is Coming. <laughs> but the, the opening match was Chris Jericho versus Claudio. Castagnoli. Why, why are you Andy Datsun keeps going, oh, you say Claudio. What's wrong with saying Claudio? Well, apparently they say Claudio. Well, I just, I've, called him, I've always called him Claudio Castagnoli. Yeah, I, I say Claudio Castagnoli. Have you not thought that maybe Andy is the one that's wrong? Yeah, I should default. It happens that. a lot. <clears throat> for the ROH Championship, for me, this was actually my match of the night. This was great. I thought this was such a good match. Jericho is like, he's renewed. The last couple of weeks, it, the in-ring wrestling has has matched up with how good his character and promo work is. Yeah, and it was a whole match based around the honor system. Jericho, this wasn't you know Lionheart Chris Jericho. This is the Wizard Chris Jericho. He's going to cheat. He shook the hand at the start, and I'd said in my review earlier. Can you imagine how mad Eddie Kingston's got to be? Because Eddie had to have a whole feud with Chris yeah. to get that handshake, and Claudio, someone Eddie hates. Just gets it right away. <laughs> yeah. That is great. Um, but yeah, ultimately, a great match. Jericho went to get the bat. Referee stopped it, Aubrey Edwards. But that let Jericho kick Claudio in the balls, same way he beat Brian Danielson at uh, the pay-per-view, and get the win off the Judas effect. Chris Jericho is the Ring of Honor world champion. So I'm, I don't want to be that guy, and I don't want to sound like I'm that guy. But two weeks ago on Rampage, when Chris Jericho was like, Do you know, I've never been Ring of Honor World Champion. I thought to myself, I'll be Ring of Honor Champion by the end uh, of this year. I didn't think it'd be this soon. Yeah. But like, I just felt like after that episode of Rampage, he went up to Tony Khan and was like, do you know, I've never actually been the Ring of Honor Champion. I've only just realized myself. <laughs> Make it happen for me, Tony. But I think it actually creates a really fascinating story mm. because like, I thought the, the match itself was great. I thought the finish was really well executed as well with the Judas Effective and everything like that. But it was actually the post-match thing that got me so much more excited for this. Because Jericho feels like a lot of this year has been, I want to build up a lot of people. Actually, I mean, that's been a lot of his AEW run as well. But this year, like he has made Danny Garcia his pet project for 2021, 2022 even. And Daniel Garcia is the current Ring of Honor pure champion. He is someone who loves Ring of Honor and he loves the Code of Honor. So this whole thing in the feud with uh, Brian Danielson was like, don't do this as a sports mm. entertainer. Do this as a professional wrestler. Be the Lionheart Chris Jericho. I know you can be. Here he was, sports entertainer Chris Jericho. And at the end of this match, he did not observe the Code of Honor because he did not shake Claudio's hand after the match. And there's this look on Garcia's face, which is just like, why do you keep doing this? Like, why must you do this? And he did, you know, celebrated with him. And they, they toasted their titles together because we got the ROH champion and the ROH Pure Champion in the Jericho Appreciation Society, which used to be in the Blackpool Combat Club. But Garcia's like, why did you have to do it that way? Because I know you've already proven you can be the best professional wrestler. You beat Brian Danielson with professional wrestling. Mm. But why why did you have to do it this way? And I thought it was a magical moment. Garcia's been awesome this Mm. year. Yeah, I, I loved it as well. It's really made me excited. I think Jericho as ROH Champion, as a sentence alone, has me so excited for the possibilities. It's a shame Claudio's run has come to an end, but really, unfortunately, didn't 
do much. There's no TV show. Yeah. It's hard to, same with the aggression. <clears throat> like, it's hard hard to do when you can't present two world champions, anything like that. I don't know if the, the putting it on Jericho makes me think they have got some TV deal soon. And that feels like, a, you know, in the same way they did it with the AEW World Championship. Or they haven't got a TV deal. So they're like, let's get Jericho as the champion. Yeah. He's a recognizable name, helps us. Uh, but yeah, I totally agree on the Garcia stuff. I, Tony isn't in the, the mind of reducing the titles, but if this builds too down the line, full gear revolution or the next ring of honor, in fact, the next ring of honor pay-per-view, maybe a final battle, Garcia versus Jericho to unify the Weldon pure titles. That's, uh, what, one of, what an idea with Garcia going over, you would presume Yeah, that could, that's. That's really tantalizing. And if it's not at a Ring of Honor show, I could see them doing that at Full Gear. Mm. That's your that's your Jericho match for Full Gear. It's him versus Garcia. Titles on the line. I think, but you want to if you want to put on a prestige match to sell a, an ROH pay per view, mm, yeah. you, you save that because Full Gear is going to sell sell itself. Yeah, I know. We've got fifteen matches to put on. Can't be one of them, surely. So by my count, Jericho <laughs> is now a former WWE, WCW, AEW, and Ring of Honor World Champion. Trying to think of like major belts that he hasn't had. So, and really, Impact, TNA, yeah. I would say, because of the lineage that it's had and the names it's had with it, and the NWA World Championship. WCW. No, he was WCW champion during the invasion. He won oh, of course. And, and ECW? ECW would be the only other one. Mm. But also, that's hard to get hold of that one. Never won the IWGP. Oh, not World. No, no, he was Intercontinental, no, wasn't he? That's another good one, actually, yeah. Uh, but yeah, what a career. Um, Next up, we had Swerve and Ag Glory versus The Acclaimed. Not as good as their all-out match, but... Yeah, this, was, this was a proper, like, let's try and recapture lightning yeah. in a bottle match. Uh, great. I, lo- I thought this match was awesome. Mm. But I just kept running my mind. I was like, that's not quite as yeah. good as the all-out match, though, is it? it just, but, like, no one saw that coming, no. really. I know people will say, yeah, but I love The Acclaimed. But that that match, being match of the night, took us all by surprise. Yep. Um, but this was still excellent. I loved it. That they did the right thing. The acclaimed got the win. They're the champions. Just what a success story! They're I, so over. They're so over. It's insane, and I love them for it. And that they took. It's crazy to think that Billy Gunn was the missing <laughs> part of this. When you think back to when it was the acclaimed and the ass boys, that's the genesis of the acclaimed getting hugely over. It's so all those people that have a pop at the ass boys, Tempest, the ass boys were integral. To the acclaimed getting over. They were. And it's weird because if you showed me the acclaimed before, I'd have been like, that is a perfect act. They don't need anything else. Like, it's just Caster's rap, Bones's insert hometown name here. But it was, yeah, it was that backstage segment onwards with the ass boys and Billy Gunn. And scissor me daddy ass. Brilliant. It just, it works in the most weird way. My wife turned to me and said, why did he just say scissor me daddy ass? <laughs> because that's not an ass thing. It's a front bump thing. And I suddenly I was like, well, I've got quite a few steps to explain this. <laughs> so back in 1999, Billy Gunn was... Uh, I didn't realise until the end because Billy Gunn helped them win with a, a fame asser on Swerve, I think, behind the referee's back. That's a scissor motion. Oh, Yeah. Huh. 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 They scissored him, Daddy. They did. Swerve got scissored by yeah. Daddy. Uh, but yes, that's what happened. The uh, really good match until one bit that we'll come back to. But it was ultimately Swerve tried to cheat, use the boom box, but hit Keith Lee instead. 
Then behind the referee's back, Billy Gunn hit the fame asser. That led to the acclaimed becoming the new tag team champions. Amazing success story. Homegrown talent. Like, that's a big, big tick for AEW. Huge, huge tick. And I, I think when you look at this show and look at like how over the acclaimed are in MJF, I think it really highlights the absurdity of the... AEW only mm. ever push X WWE yeah. guys. I, it's just an absurd argument. But I thought this match, like this, was not as good as the All Out match, but it was still a really, really great match. And and I, and apart from a moment that I think kind of met was where the match sort of fell apart a little bit because they had this moment where Caster went up to do the mic drop, and he just and he missed it by a, like a country mile. He didn't even go to hit it. He, it's almost like he hopped off and then pretended to sell his leg. But, it, but I, and I was like, oh, what an amazing spot because everyone thought that was going to be a big near fall, and actually he's now going to sell the leg. But then he was just up and doing moves again. I was like, oh, I think that was just a botch. Mm. And then that was followed up like the match sort of lost its way a little bit, and then Swerve did this, meant to do a springboard four fifty to the outside, didn't finish all the rotations, just landed on everyone, and Excalibur goes. Well, a 450 leg yeah. drop, I think you could call that. <laughs> it was like the most elaborate kick. <laughs> um, and he's got some elaborate kicks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was yeah, it was a shame because if that went well, I don't think we'd be sitting here going, oh, but it wasn't as good as the other match. Because if that went well, this would have been an ex this an excellent, excellent match. Yeah. And we wouldn't really be comparing them as much. But yeah. A botch sometimes really takes out the steam. A but, little bit. The, but, and the, it lost the crowd a little bit yeah, as well. The crowd did deflate after that. And I did as well. But I was just confused. But picked up for the end. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the key to this. is Because when they won, and they were, I would say them and MJF were the most over people mm. on this card. A card that's got Brian Danielson and, and John Moxley in the main event. The acclaimed felt like the most over act in the company. Uh, after that, they went straight to FDR backstage, who said like, but how long <laughs> do we get a shot now? And then the ass boys came in and they were like, who were very, very good, I thought, on the mic here. They said that FTR's time has passed it, essentially. They're better, more handsome, funnier than them. Uh, so, yeah, that looks like either FTR versus the ass boys as the next step. And the winner of that goes on to face the acclaimed. God damn, it better be FTR winning. But I can see them doing because you also don't want the acclaimed to lose the belts. No, and like the Ass Boys in the the promo last week with the firm did establish that their target is getting the AEW mm. World Tag Team Championships. But I also don't think the Ass Boys versus the acclaimed is a the storyline reasons there. But so I made this point on last week's show, and I, I'm kind of like I haven't really stopped thinking about it because I think it's such an excellent comparison, mm. um, and, and I and I will pat myself on the back for this. <laughs> but uh, the Ass Boys to me feel like if uh, in Vince McMahon looked at his tag team scene in the year 2000 and was like, well, I could push Edge and Christian, I could push the Dudley Boys, I could push the Hardy Boys, too cool or right to censor, but I'm actually going to push Head Cheese yeah. of Al Snow and Steve Blackman. Two very, very good wrestlers, and it's it's sort of over, mm. but that's the tag team I'm going with over these other ones. Yeah. Well done. That is a good comparison. Thank you, mate. Uh, I've got a comparison, and that is that MJF, because, yeah, we have been watching 2,000 episodes of Raw in the office, so a lot of our references are going to be about <laughs> 2,000 Raw. Good MJF, period. MJF uh, cuts off a Wheeler Utah interview with Tony Schiavone on the ramp and just goes into a promo 
where he says he 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 could sleep with any of the audience's wives or girlfriends, but he wouldn't want to because he's got standards. And everyone cheered. Him. <laughs> <laughs> and he and said in this promo, these people would drink my spit if they could do. And the crowd went, yeah. <laughs> He is so good. I don't think he has to change into a baby face. He can just be a baby face and but get cheered as one. It's a genuine shades of grey thing when the charisma and appeal of the, the character is so great that it has transcended beyond traditional bad guy, good guy reactions. And because we're watching 2000s Raw and I watched the rock do promos and he's just on fire and everyone's into him. He is a dick a hundred percent of the time. He he bullies people. He bullies Kevin <laughs> Kelly like no one's business. He he's egotistical, he's arrogant, but my God, it's perfect. It just works. Rock promos back in the day buried other talents. Oh. Like his whole thing was just like, you're rubbish and I'm amazing. I'm gonna do impressions of you that will never leave. <laughs> Everyone will always think of my impressions of you, yeah. Rikishi. <laughs> and you, Tess. I'm going to make fun of you, Billy Gunn, to the point where no one's going to actually remember who you are. But sometimes you've got to bury a few people to go right to the top. And who has been more of a breakout star than The Rock? And I see it in MJF now. Oh, oh, it's no surprise everyone knows that MJF is fantastic. It feels like he has come fully formed from the start. Like when we watched All In... Um, you know, it's four years ago, right? When we rewatched it, we were like, wow, MJF hasn't changed. He was this good at the start. We had to catch up with him. Exactly. It's the same music. It's the same look. It's the same presentation. It's the same promo. And he's like, I'm just going to be M-Dog 20. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you dick. You'd be <laughs> one of our indie guys. I hate you, MJF. Oh, yeah, it's because that's what he is. But now I feel like he has actually, like going away, coming back. Again, it's probably us more than anything. This guy's confidence is otherworldly. And I, I just, I, I think I'm actually thinking now he should be booked as a good guy. Maybe just take out a few of the more vicious things that he says, but keep all the stuff where you're getting, I'm going to spit in your mouth or you're, all your girlfriends are ugly because it gets over. Mm. Yeah, it, I, it's transit. He was always Roddy Piper in my head, but now he's actually the rock. And yeah. that is like, Wow. Yeah. Oh, and he's going to be your next AEW World Champion. Mm. I don't know when that is, but I think he, he will be the next one. Here he um, <clears throat> had a little scuffle with Utah. Poor old Wheeler Utah. Yeah. Talk about a segment designed not to get you over. <laughs> Crikey. Well, he's really there for MJF to beat, to build the Moxley match. Yeah. Uh, because, of course, Moxley won in the main event, is the AEW champion. But uh, Max also pushed over Tony Schiavone. That Back. was the only thing that got him booed. <laughs> he also made fun of William Regal's pill-popping addiction. Yeah. So what, that's what made uh, Utah slap him. Yeah. And then W. Morrissey came out and beat up Wheelie Utah for a little bit. And they uh, hit MJF with the dynamite diamond ring. My wife thought all they, of them... Utah they hit. Utah they hit. Sorry, I do apologize. My wife thought all the promo work in this was great. And then she laughed hysterically when he punched him with a ring. Because mm -hmm. then she was like, wrestling's very silly. That's how... That's how you fight. You put when women really go for each other, they keep the rings on. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, but it's it's the dynamite diamond ring. And she's like, listen to yourself. <laughs> it's the hardest substance known to man. <laughs> it's it's just carbon. 
It's carbon bonded to carbon. <laughs> um, I'm not into William Morrissey being a part of this. W. Morrissey. Who's William Morris? William Morrissey is the designer floral print guy. Is he? Isn't he? I William mean, Morris. William. <laughs> I'm merging. They're very different people. W. Morrissey. He's got a job. Yeah. And yeah. and well done. Yeah. I I really like Morrissey. I just um I I don't think I think Max being surrounded by a group of henchmen. He's not. It's, it's in the past now. So last week was a very firm establishment, firm, firm. being the word, that the firm and Max are not, mm. they're not a group together. They are a stable, I think it's like he's calling them his faction for hire. Yeah, yeah. And Stokely's promo was, once Max is the champion, we're not going to be a group anymore. I think that is an academic distinction. I think in practicalities, I just want Max to be by himself. Sounds fair. Uh, we got Diamante <laughs> revealing that her baddest... Do you think she might win no. this Friday? <laughs> her baddest bitch person who's going to be in her corner against Jade Cargill is rap legend Trina. I've written my notes here. Backstage interview with Jade Cargill, who's defending her title against Diamante on Rampage. Lol. Diamante brings in someone called Trina or something. Yeah. Uh, a few comments have said, you don't know Trina, that's outrageous. I, none, none of us in the office know <laughs> Trina. She must be an American star. So I, when it came up on Twitter, I, I looked 2.3 million Twitter followers. I was like, so she's clearly a big deal. Yeah, but they're bots. <laughs> but I, I have no blues clue who this was. And because they didn't pipe in any crowd noise either, this sounded got over like a fart in a church. Yeah. The TBS title, unfortunately, is now, it's a prop. Uh, to make Jay Cargill look good. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of over this. It's gotten boring. Orange Cassidy versus Pack for the All Atlantic title. Speaking of weird championships, they have one of the best matches in AEW history. You know, a match that I have shown people who aren't into wrestling, and they've gone, "Hot oh, damn, that's funny." This unfortunately wasn't that. Um, I think it's mostly because Cassidy's character has changed. Back in early 2020. He was mostly low effort Cassidy, but that Jericho feud had that character growth, and now he does, he puts in effort. <clears throat> but the beauty of how that revolution match worked was because he wasn't putting in effort, and Pac was putting in all the effort, and that made Pac very, very grumpy. But here, when they're actually both wrestling back and forth, it's just, it's not as engaging. Um, it was a fine match, but. Pales in comparison to the first encounter. And Pac cheated again. So that was three matches back to back where someone cheated to win. I, I agree with you on that point, but I strongly disagree with the rest. Okay. I actually thought this was an interesting sequel match to Revolution and a very interesting look at like how far characters have come in the two years since they were last in the ring together in a one-on-one -on -one type situation. Because Pac went into this match thinking that Orange Cassidy was the same guy. And like when he was doing the kicks and stuff, he was like, come on, bring it, because I know you can do this. And then he would do it, and Pac was like, oh, actually, this is not the match I was expecting. Mm. This is actually much harder for me than I thought it was going to be. So when Pac was, so when Cassidy was then doing it, he was just getting more frustrated than he did the first time around. When he was going out for the Black Arrow, and Cassidy just lifts his legs up, yeah. and Cassidy was literally going like, go on, huh. go on, jump, do it. The look on Pac's face was just like, no, I do not do this. <laughs> and then Cassidy kept getting near falls on him and kept doing better than Pac did. So Pac had to resort to using the ring bell hammer to get the win. 
and be like, and like, it really did look like this. Like, I got through that with the skin of my teeth because I went into this match and I completely underestimated what was going to happen because he based everything on what had happened two years previous. So I actually thought it was a nice, to be, a, a, as a good sequel match, it was not as good as the Revolution match, but I thought this was a very interesting sequel match to it. I really like that. And maybe, maybe I would feel that if the finish wasn't lame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I thought that, yeah, yeah. that I'll take that and I, I probably actually agree with you. Maybe that's a story I would have really feel sink in if they went an extra five minutes and it had a good finish. But it finished after, I think, 10, 11 and... Yeah, it was a lame. It was a lame finish. Yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't the best finish in the world. I just, I, why is Pack using? It was the ring bell hammer. Yeah. Just hit him behind the referee's back well, outside. That, that was because the referee couldn't see it. it was yeah, it was sort of covered. Yeah, I should. I mean, I thought they staged it very well. I thought Remsburg selling you it was great as well mm -hmm. because Remsburg was like, "What happened?" And it was just like, "What did you do?" And I thought Remsburg, like, I thought he did a great job of yeah. getting this finish over, which is why I don't think I hated it that much in the end. Credit to Bryce Remsburg. Uh, then we had the women's four-way, and then we got a Derby short film. He's <laughs> heading to Rampage on a subway. Might be one of his best ones he's ever done. That was done. good. I thought it was genuinely brilliant. He was dragging this body bag all through New York, and he's on the subway, and this body bag keeps falling into him. He's just pushing it yeah. off him and stuff. Gets him to the cab. He's like, where are you going? He's like, to a funeral at Arthur Ashe. That like, was good. That was pretty bloody good, yeah. that. Um, and then they announced about 17 matches for <laughs> And then we got Moxley versus Danielson versus MJF on a screen. <laughs> so I thought showing MJF in the box, holding onto that chip like it was a snuggle pillow, was a really good way to make you go like, guys, just focus on the match. Mm -hmm. He's not cashing yes. this in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really good way for us to tell you, the audience, just focus on the match because that's the thing you thought was going to happen is not going to happen. I agree. I think it's very, very smart. But then they just kept cutting back to MJF, which the more they did, the more I was like, he's so getting involved in the in the finish of this. The firm will run down and they'll attack them. And then he'll, because he was on his phone at one point, like, yeah. maybe he's calling Tony Khan to get like his match afterwards. The more they showed him, the more I was like, yeah, he's definitely getting involved in this. At some points, the TV broadcast would be showing them you know danielson and mox in the ring but above them is one of those giant uh cubed tv screens for people in the large arena to watch and get a better view of and that was just a shot of mjf so it looked like he was this battle world owner like fight for me yeah and i i read afterwards that people got a bit sick of how much they cut back to him uh, and i saw some people with the pretty cool idea of Apparently, if, if he just vanished for the last two minutes and then the camera cuts back to him and there's nobody there. That's what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, I that's really like a really exciting thing. But then you do what you said, which is takes away from the drama of the match. I think the constant comeback did take away from it. Like, it was funny because they initially didn't show him in the to the live crowd. I don't think they did anyway. We saw him at mm. home that he was in the box. But as the match started, they then did the split screen. And when they did the split screen, all of a sudden the crowd erupted. And you just saw the yeah. front row, or the, you know, the front rows all turn uh. around to look up at the box. And I think it really did take out some of the drama of this match. I thought they had an excellent, this was an awesome, awesome match. They beat the holy heckins yeah. out of each other. And I absolutely loved it. But I do think that coming back to MJF a lot did detract from it because it just makes you think of other things mm. and like go into your own little fantasy booking world and maybe that's on me but i, I also think it's they are facilitating that yeah i and so many people have said that that 
you're not alone. I actually didn't mind it. I thought they, uh, when they kept cutting back to him, initially he's bored or he's laughing at how they're beating the crap out of each other. But in the last few minutes, he was like scared. Like, oh no, I have to face one of these. <laughs> I thought Max is, that is, that's why MJF is one of the best in the business right now is because he understands that he has to make himself look stupid sometimes. And that vulnerability there was what like really mm -hmm. set up the excitement for the future for me, that character depth. But yeah, I, I do I do know what you mean. It, I didn't get it though. Uh, the match itself, again, I did prefer their revolution match. Um, mm. I don't know if it's because they, what you said about the MJF cutting, like there's so many other bits at play, but considering how the match ended, I was surprised that because Danielson honestly took like 80% of this match. Mm. Moxley destroyed him in the last, like, you know, it was in the, the last few minutes. Like yeah. The death rider. He had like, you know, two paradigm shifts. I think, I think three paradigm shifts, one of which was on the ramp, mm. which is like, you know, what's a good, wonderful callback to the Kenny Omega match yeah. last year. He also hit Seth Rollins stomp. Yeah. Which I absolutely crowd loved. Pops, yeah. Crowd pops huge for it. They know exactly what he was making reference to. I love that he's using that as part of a as a character thing for Moxley, mm. using his history and things that he's learned from the ring to fuel some of the, the spots in his own matches. I thought that stuff was tremendous. I actually think I prefer this to the okay. uh, the, the the revolution match. I think the crowd were much hotter for it as well. Because remember that revolution match? Everyone was like was so spent because yeah. they'd seen so much wrestling by that point. But then Willie Regal's here. Then Willie Regal came up and the crowd came alive. But I thought I think i did prefer this one um even without all the even with all the mjf stuff but i've written i was like this is just classic blackpool combat <laughs> club wrestling of just beating the holy heckins out of each other that spot where they locked their legs oh yeah and then went into headstand and then slapped each other i've never seen anything like it mm. oh, it was so cool it was great but yeah i it weirdly wasn't but because it's the end of a tournament, it's the rematch of Moxley Danielson. It's for the title. I, I I still really love the match, but I just, you know, if I look back, I enjoyed Moxley Takeshita more. I enjoyed, yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed so. you to Garcia more. Yeah, it's, yeah. So I'm just like, for me, the, the expectations, the occasion, it wasn't, it didn't match and live up to that. So that's I, why I'm I just feeling a little bit of a, a yeah, disconnect. Yeah, I think that's fair. I also think because <clears> the world title's been a bit of a mess mm. since double or nothing it's you know i think they've done a really good job to try and make the world title feel so and the commentators are going to such length to be like it's the most prestigious prize in in this sport and really trying to put it over but they've got a lot of rehabbing to do around that title at the moment and i think moxley winning here a lot of people myself included have it's like it's break class in case of emergency john moxley is like mm. i mean i according to my notes here all reliable john moxley is like the world title's in trouble put it on mox that and that'll fix things and i get it i and you know we were all kind of pushing for him to maybe beat punk at all out and i wish they did now yeah seeing everything that's happened um but yeah like the match that i've said my piece on that moxley wins chokes out Danielson, so Danielson doesn't tap. But I, I thought the time... Back to what I said earlier with the next stuff is almost as exciting as what happens now. Putting the title on Moxley, like you just said, it's old, reliable Moxley. It, it pains me to say because, God damn, the guy has just come through time and time again as the consistent, trustworthy franchise player. God damn, he deserves it.
But I would have been more excited about a Danielson win because fresh matches with Danielson, new champion for Danielson. It's, uh, I think you could have a long reign to maybe February next year and MJF could spin off into a Moxley feud away from the belt. That's how you sort of keep those two separate. But because it's Moxley, I feel it's more predictable because now it's like two months until we get to the MJF match. Max beats him, I presume, and that because that's what should happen. And then it's like, oh, another transitional reign for Moxley. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm won't uh, repeat what I'm not going to repeat a lot of myself here because tune in tomorrow for the Blackpool Content Club. Uh, me, Pete, and Tempest have quite a big discussion about this, so I've, I've kind of got a lot of my points made on on that episode there. But I do, I do have a concern about Moxley being a champion. Transitional, such a good word. I actually didn't use that in in the WrestleTalk podcast for tomorrow, and I, and I kind of wish I had done because it's such a great way to explain it. But Moxley's title win when he was the interim champion had the CM Punk shadow over it. It was like, mm. well, yeah, you've got the belt, but we're just waiting until Punk comes back. Yeah. And now he's got the belt again, but it's got this MJF shadow over it. It's like, well, yeah. we're just waiting now for MJF to get the belt. And when Moxley's this over and he is your ace, he's your guy, he is the top guy in this company, I do feel like it is poor treatment of him mm. to give him these title runs because title run four isn't going to mean as much as title runs one, two, and three. Is, it, is he on title run four? He's on title run three now. But like, He said four on the... No, well, he's a four-time <laughs> champion, but he's a three-time AEW okay, champion. Okay. But like, what I mean is when he wins the AEW championship for a fourth time, like, is that going to mean as much, or is it just going to have the stench of, okay, but how short of a run are you going to have mm -hmm. it again before yeah. you just become another transitional champion? So there is that... I think there is a big level of concern over that, which is why I thought they might just go with Danielson instead. Because Danielson having a short run isn't the worst thing for Danielson's character. Yeah. But I, if I was going to make a big prediction, next, uh, I think in two weeks' time, Dynamite's in Cincinnati. That's where you maybe you do the MJF, like, I'm announcing I'm going to do the match here, beat Moxley in his own backyard. Oh, wow. And that's part of his gimmick. I go beat... I beat uh, your hometown heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Like we did with Punk in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, well, th that would be very soon. <laughs> yeah, even, yeah. even more damaging oh, to yeah. Moxley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but overall, you, fantastic in-ring stuff. Um, but again, it's that, it's that future direction for the company that's, I'm not that optimistic about currently. So I still gave it 86%. But oh, apparently, apparently that's not high enough. <laughs> Uh, why do you hate AEW so much <laughs> with your eighty-six percent? I get four out of five. Show for me. Mm -hmm. So actually, your score's higher than mine. Exactly. Before we get onto our remaining ultra chats, and there's loads of them. We're going to say a big thank you to our wonderful $25 a month or more Pledge Hammers on Patreon. Here's why. Simon Dormer. Laban Libra Whitfield. The Honourable Jonathan Gresham Priestham. No fuzzy required Chris Mayers. J.S. Wooten. And always trust the three count Elijah Fairman. And uh, thank you to our wonderful moderation team. Give them a Loads of cheap pops in the comments, guys. And the and women. 
exercise it. It's a it's a really funny Norm Macdonald bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't I can't even remember what the original bit is. Pop <laughs> myself there. <laughs> Andy, Andy, Chris, Devon, Jalen, John, Les, Paul, Rob. Thank and, you, everybody. And of course, Mod Mother. Yes. Can, all blessed with Modiclorians. Thank you all so much for your hard work. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Restore. Got a whole bunch of content that's gone up in Ooh. September. The mailbag with myself and Adam Blompier. Restore behind the scenes. Me, uh, Oliver Davis, Tempest and Pete talking about the Clash of the Castle party, amongst other things. And quite the episode of Wrestle Talk After Dark uh, went up yesterday. If you want to hear Andy Datsun talk about buttholes for 10 <sighs> minutes... Wrestle Talk After Dark is is the place to go, and I'd argue that's not the lowest he's sunk in the episode. So lower than a battle. Oh, it's Dan nearly left. Um, he, Andy would he kept going on about a certain topic, and it's quite the episode, folks. And next Wednesday, Ollie Davis and I will be reviewing Unforgiven 2008 with all the scrambled egg matches. And it was a hell of a lot of fun recording it. It was fun, yeah. Uh, right, your Omega chats. <gasps> <laughs> he did it again! Andrew, I was at Grand Slam last night and it was amazing. The pop that Soraya got when she made her debut last night was unlike any other and just perfect. We keep saying this, but I hope Tony focuses on the women's division and gives Soraya both belts one day. Ender Madden, hey guys, this has me very excited. I'm 22 and grew up on ladies like Kelly Kelly and Eve Torres on my screen, so never cared much for women's wrestling. Then came Paige in NXT, showed me they can perform on the same level as the guys. Can't wait for this. Yeah, things like when you read uh, Edna's chat there, he's like, oh man, you should have been watching TNA. Mm. Because yeah, they, they, they were doing they were they were doing all Kim. that doing all that NXT stuff ten years before WWE did. Cassidy, the, no, Stephanie McMahon invented <laughs> women's wrestling. Sorry. What are you talking about? Cassidy Delaney, Soraya coming in and make made me so happy, and I even teared up. And she looked so so happy. It was wonderful. I hope she has an amazing time. P.S. Homicide has to help Eddie win on Friday, right? I mean, they can't not do it. <laughs> Come on now, it's New York. He's probably got some other New York friends as well. Uh, we've got a another. Patreon thing as well. Sorry, we've got to plug this. Also, it's I'll put on the Patreon music. Quizzle Mania for fans tonight. It's Fan Quizzle Mania tonight at 7 p.m. in the UK or 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and that's hosted by Randy Andy Datsun. It sure is. Randy Andy Datsun is a fantastic fan Quizzle Mania, so please do get involved. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It really, really is. I really enjoy fan Quizzle Mania. Also, quick shout out, Sean Ross Sapp has joined us on the uh, on the live streams. Thank you so much, Sean. <laughs> He's coming to say, hello, I'm here to spoil everything. <laughs> I'd imagine people are probably having a pop it for spoiling the page thing, yeah. even though he didn't. Oh, yeah, he didn't report it was going to happen. He just said they're in talks. Yeah. Yeah, but now we know, Sean, <laughs> if someone's in talks, they're going to debut 15 minutes from now. Uh, Kevin, Brian is my favorite thing right now and quite possibly of all time, but Mox is probably my favorite character in wrestling right now. So I was torn during that main event. If this leads to a transitional reign, I think Mox is the best choice. 
So Mox beats MJF. Charles Burke, yesterday's show wasn't bad by any means, but the way Tony had built it, I don't feel like it lived up to the hype. I did think it was smart to have MJF in the crowd during the match. For me, that said he's not winning the title today, so just watch the match. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Burke continues, Mox needs to take a tip from me. Vacation time is a good thing. Today I'm going to a super fancy schmancy restaurant. It has a dress code, but it's apparently phenomenal food. It's called Brooklyn Fair. Then for dessert, macaroons from La Maison de Chocolat. Macarons. Macarons. Macaroons. <laughs> macaroons are very they different things. They even made macarons. I haven't seen I haven't seen Bake Off this week yet. La, 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 la. It's fine to say that it was the signature challenge. Oh, it's the opener. The, oh, okay, it's fine. It's the opener. Yeah, Sorry, down. Sorry, I don't want to. I want to spoil Bake Off. I'm not going to get to watch it until tomorrow evening. JS Woo turn Manberg for eight months. Debbie Downer Ollie <laughs> out here looking at the pieces and not the board. Mox is the ace and he defines the belt. Enjoy the damn ride, Dad. Top hair for life. Gar Monroe. Thoughts on my theory, Mox won, as there isn't going to be a Punk MJF payoff, which I think was the original plan, and they are having him as a transitional champ to lose to MJF, so Danielson's first title run isn't short, and why MJF only gone for Mox in promos. So I was in the Dynamite review last week, I think all of MJF's promos targeting Mox, they sort of, you know, yeah. highlighted and sort of like pointed to you, like, yeah, he's going to win the, the tournament, by the way. I just, I mean... Maybe it's just me, but I think Mox being another transitional champ actually hurts him way more than it does Danielson. And the belt. And the belt. Uh, Riot DR. So Mox beat Brian. Was it the right choice? I don't know. I do know that Mox winning was as predictable as the life expectancy of a security guard in an action movie who happens to be two days from retirement. MJF giving us spoilers through fire promos. Lack Simham Narasimham B. I am feeling a bit mixed about Moxley winning. On one hand, he is absolutely amazing. On the other hand, it feels inevitable that he's going to drop the belt to MJF. And that could mean a second short title reign in the space of a few months, which seems unfair. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are uh, in agreement. Fa Frank and Foot, MJF and Dominic Mysterio are less than a year apart. <laughs> That's all. No way. Craig, you want to talk about two people at the opposite ends of wrestling spectrum? You can't compare MJF to anyone. <laughs> really, he is... Like he said, he's a generational talent. I, I do believe that. Uh, John Wick, one GM, says, When MJF wins the title off Moxley, who would you rather him lose the title to? Wardlow, Danielson, Adam Cole, Miro, or Darby Allen? Hangman Adam Page. On the Winter is Coming episode of Dynamite in 2024. Yeah, it's... Or 2023, know. rather. Punk. Tyler... <laughs> Tyler Robinson. He'll save us. <laughs> Tyler Robinson. So on October 8th, oh yeah, this is very important actually. Mm -hmm. So on October 8th, GCW is having Mox versus Gage. Title versus career match takes place. My question is, do you think Tony Khan would have his heavyweight champion lose on a GCW indie show? Because yeah, it's otherwise Gage retires and I don't think that's happening. No, and <clears throat> I, man. <clears throat> that was obviously booked before all this stuff happened. Way before any of this happened. So it's going to be so interesting to see what happens around that match. Because Tony has shown in the past that he doesn't want his champions losing. He shouldn't. On other people's programs. So yeah, we'll see. I have no idea what happens now though. I think it sucks for GCW, but yeah. you've... You can't, the tail can't wag the dog. Like, 
you've got to you've got to change your plans. <laughs> yeah. So you better change your strategy. Uh, Laksim Narasimhan B. Although they can still have MJF hold on to the chip till next year's all out, winning the belt really close to the bidding war, and in turn give Moxley a long reign, one that he would deserve. I think everyone's really going to enjoy Blackpool Content Club tomorrow <laughs> because that is we talk a lot about all of this. Um, I, I we are in fact go into detail about the him holding on to the chip for mm. a while and what that could mean. And also, Adam Blompier's fancy booking next week, I believe, is MJF's first title reign. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Again, another Adam booking video created by me. Ben, ben Vlerick. Oh, 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 hot tag. Ben Vlerick. Don't actually know too much about Swerve, but his presence just screams arrogant, cool oh, heel, yeah, like a Roman best. Reigns or The Rock. I can't quite explain it, but I feel like he could just be a monster heel. He's got an aura, so hopefully big things will follow. I agree. He feels physically larger, purely down to charisma. He's so awesome. Mm. Kamareg Punk says, The acclaimed must now be up there, along with MJF, as an example of AEW's ability to build new stars from the indies to proper TV stars. Zoe Sung, do you remember the 21st night of September? Mm -hmm. The Acclaimed became the tag team champions because everyone loves the Acclaimed. Hey, 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 be, 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 do you say, do you remember? Be, 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 dancing in September. Be, 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 everyone loves the Acclaimed. Gonna be devastated if you don't sing this in the correct <laughs> beat by September by Earth, Wind and Fire. Yeah, you weren't really doing it. Yeah, I know, well, I, it's, I lost my way a little <laughs> bit. Do you, want to have a, do you want to have a crack at it? What, this bit? Do you remember? The 21st night of September, the acclaimed became the tag champers. Because everyone loves the acclaimed. Say, do you remember? Dancing in September. Everyone loves the acclaimed. There you go. That was actually pretty good, mate. I'm genuinely surprised that was as good as it was. <laughs> Hannah Allen said, hello, lovely people. Well, gosh darn, this show was everything. Practice some of that AEW magic of old, and boy, does it feel so good, start to finish. The matches were strong, further good storytelling, and that sweet debut, I loved this show. Jericho win was fun, felt like an early AEW. Acclaimed match was out of this world, loved their rise, and they've earned every moment. Soraya was really special, but now it is up to TK. Book the women better. Mox, man's a legend, a true champion. Lots of love. Jam that jam. I don't think it did feel like old AEW. I haven't realised it until this very moment. This felt like an old NXT takeover. Two hours. Yeah. Great big New York crowd. Five matches. Five matches. Yeah. One of which was not as good as the others. Yeah. <laughs> here's a... Here's your Baron Corbin match for the evening. Here's a crazy debut. Yeah. Actually, yeah. We just, all we needed was someone being shown in the crowd. Oh, yeah. we're Carrie Silkin. He yes. was our legend that was in the crowd. Uh, Connor Rich said, It was my birthday yesterday, and what a treat with this show. My favorite OC, unfortunately, lost, though. Fortunately, I cannot make this stream because of school, but hopefully it goes well. Love the content. Keep up the great work. Happy birthday. Ben Vlerick, poor FTR. Can't seem to get a title shot. Don't defend their own. Removed from the video game <laughs> and barely on TV and any significant stories. Not maybe, but with two job... Now maybe, but with two ass boy jabronis, so... Who cares? Conspiracy much? Who do they piss off? Sadness. Well, this is just me speculating, but they were Punk's mates. Oh, no, because they weren't on TV before that either. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the, the falling out happened 
back in May. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. John Castillo, Grand Slam was my first ever live show and I am hooked. My voice after the first hour with the back-to-back Jericho and acclaimed W's. Felt sad uh, felt sad seeing people file out right before the Rampage main event, but it was a five-plus hour show and that will do that to you. Oh, I thought it was saying a five-plus star show, but you're right, it is a... <laughs> bloody hell a five plus hour no. uh don't mind me i'm at work said i don't know if it's a big ask i hope they keep punk and make some money with all this drama have punk full super villain trying to burn the company down going after the four pillars being mjf's last defense the summer of punk is over winter is coming oh, i mean it is if it is salvageable mjf fighting for the heart of AEW against an evil punk that's fascinating. Turbo Life 504. Hey, yo. First time Ultra Chatter, long time watcher. <laughs> Want to let you know that who that woman is. Um, oh, I've seen Trina. Yes. Uh, I knew you wouldn't have a blues clue, but she is uh, calling out a lot of wrestlers from 305. Trina is an OG rapper from the 305 and always called herself the baddest bitch. Sounds rad. Zoe Sung uh, said the trains stop around midnight in New York. So, yeah, I had to leave the last Grand Slam during the Mox and Eddie tag match. Uh, Tony definitely needs, Tony needs to drink decaf. <laughs> uh, right, yeah. Chris Jericho is the ROH champion in 2022. Yeah. Not 2012 or 2005, <laughs> but 2022. I love it. Yeah, I'm sad Claudio lost the belt, but the potential storyline is so intriguing I can look past it. Mm. A side note, another dynamite without Miro. It loses a point with me. Mm. Uh, Enrique says, howdy guys. Overall, I enjoyed dynamite. Being Hispanic, I'd love to see someone like Penta or Phoenix in a top spot like Mysterio did in the 2000s, but actually good. Do you guys see a luchador becoming a top guy with even with the language barrier and style? I thought bloody Andrade was a slam dunk for this position. I thought, look, you, you watch that initial all in. I thought Pentagon would have been at the top of the promotion. I, it was a popular catchphrase of mine. It should, it should have been, have been Pentagon. Um, I can't see anyone they could do it with. Penta, though. Like, I mean, it should be Penta. I think the time's passed. And I, I actually feel like the time's passed with Andrade at this point. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's Roosh. I love Phoenix, but I don't think he's top champion. Unfortunately, he's he's not Penta. Like, that's mm-hmm. always been Phoenix's thing. He's an incredible wrestler, but at the end of the day, he's not Penta. Maybe, uh, you know, there's a few really exciting AAA CMLL guys. Bandido's not really settled anywhere, yeah. so... Maybe you can bring in El Viking, yeah. whatever his name is. Dijingo, yeah. Yep. Uh, I cocked that up a lot in the Blackpool Content Club last week. Uh, right, DR. So Diamante shows up threatening Jade with the OG baddest. Me being the fool I am, expected an actual wrestler like Mir Yim, <laughs> the Blasian baddie, or Mercedes Martinez, the OG baddie, who is also Puerto Rican. Nope. 90s rap artist <laughs> Trina. Sure. Right, DR, she's a legend. <laughs> she didn't break into the UK. She's not Missy Elliott. <laughs> when I, I was saying in the office, if I hear rap legend, I'm like, okay, well, it's Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott, yeah. Can't think of anyone else. Lil' Kim. Yep, Lil' Kim works. Yeah. Uh, TLC. Kellis. Kellis. Yeah, sure. Kellis. Claudio. <laughs> Yeah, if if Khalees showed up, I'd be like, oh my god, it's Khalees! Yeah, that'd be awesome. Her milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard. Uh, and lastly for now, Blakey said, the referee in the Pat Cassidy... <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. The referee in the Pat Cassidy match made me realise how much I love that AEW's uh, refs question how the person ends up unconscious out of nowhere and they couldn't see it coming. They can't DQ you because they saw nothing, but they know something is up. Yeah, it's a nice attention to detail. Uh, we've got a few more chats, but before we get on to them, we've got some suggestions for 
More belts AEW could introduce from John Wick 1GM. The Crampage Championship. James Zimmerman, the 5 out of 5 belt. Ali Hadi, <laughs> the Indian Ocean Championship. Adam Ulrich, the World Biting Championship. Ambush in the Dark. An actual belt. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a black leather belt. <laughs> I like this. this might be my favourite one. Imagine the, the un- <laughs> when they do the unveiling ceremony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's walking around with one, but it's not the actual yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I really like No, I like that. this one from Sean. The ITV4 Championship. <laughs> what other what other networks? <laughs> Have you seen they're putting um, Dynamite on on ITV4 this week at 9pm? Oh, cool. That's good. Because they're apparently like ITV4 bosses were like doing a conference and they were touting the success of Dynamite on ITV4 oh. to be like, it's one of our best rated shows that we do. And someone said, why is it on at such a dog-ass yeah, time? Yeah. And they're like... All right, we'll put Grand Slam on at 9 p.m. this week. Oh, wicked. Yeah, ITV4 is like where AEW is broadcast nationally. Krona Ragnarok, the media scrum championship. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Anthony Valentine, the parking lot championship. Better for NXT, I think. Yeah. Galatea, the AEW contract <laughs> dispute championship. Oh, I actually like this last one. Ashvin Ash Anthonen, the forbidden championship. Yeah. And it's, that could be more like a cup. Where you have like the Davis Cup in tennis, or is it golf? Oh, it's tennis, I think. Tennis, where it's, but what's the Ryder Cup's The Ryder Cup's golf. Where you could have AEW versus New Japan, and whoever gets the most victories over the course of the night gets the cup. Yeah, I like it. And it's the Forbidden Cup. Like bragging rights. It is, but it's cooler. (laughs) And it works. Uh, I uh, yeah no I I don't hate that idea at all. I also just remembered there were there's the Owen Hart belts that we oh, haven't yeah. seen on the show for a while. LJ Mickey here says hi guys. How about this for a title? When AEW comes to the UK, you could have an actual Queen Queen's Crown tournament. I heard you have one Queen's Crown left unused at the moment. Oh, too soon. Too soon. Honestly, it was buried with, Mickey. buried with it anyway. Dynamite was okay, although I didn't. I don't like AEW burying referees. Jam that jam, which is an interesting counterpoint to uh, Blakey's one earlier, mm. in the sense of, yeah, the referee didn't actually see anything had happened, so they can't DQ them, but they know something's up. I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I think you you can have the referee going, hmm, something's fishy here. Wants a show. But when you do it three times back to back, although have you heard that apparently plays into some kind of storyline on Rampage? Is it really? There is a questionable refereeing decision in a match, so it was all set up for that. I, even if that was the intention, I don't like it. <laughs> Jacob Smith said, um, "If slash when ROH gets their own show, do you think moving Jericho over to that show full time as its champion is a bad idea? It would add some star power to the show and free up some space for AEW for some younger stars." I think have him work both. It's only a uh... One tape in a week at the moment. Right, DR, FTR, Dax Harwood in singles, have been responsible for some of the best wrestling this year. After being off AEW TV for a bit, the next program is The Guns. Again, maybe the rankings are hurting Tony's storytelling. Is Nyla Rose still ranked number one? Well, apparently the, the ratings reportedly are being diminished in the, stature. Yeah, the rankings, not the ratings. Sorry, yeah, the rankings. He's still talking about the ratings. Uh, uh, yeah, FDR, I t- it's it's ridiculous. It's I, inept is what it is. We have talked a bit about on the last few sort of Friday shows, the the upcoming WrestleTalk podcast end of year awards, you know, which is only around the corner, really. And I think there are people that at the start of this year would have been a shoo-in mm. for wrestler of the year, but have had such a quiet summer 
that really might hurt their potentials. Yeah. Dax is one of those guys. Andrew, I need a Ricky Starks versus MJF promo battle, and Ricky oh. Starks goes full rock, and MJF goes full Triple uh. H to add to the WWE rumors and speculation. And Noah Fortner says, I love that AEW is embracing rap culture because rap is the biggest genre in the US, and I think it's important to uh, to do that, even if it's not everyone in the know, because they will get different eyes on the show. Also, the next AEW hmm. belt should be the parking lot title. Parking lot? Hot tag. Uh, Fluffy Panda, where do you place the blame of a stalling unpopular ratings-wise women's division and wrestling? Seems like TNA relaunched it. WWE tried their revolution. Now we're back to the 90s with Alundra Blaze. How do you fix it? Well, I wouldn't say that because WWE are, are really prominently pushing their women's division. I think they're doing a great job and have for the last several years. Bianca Belair is the top title holder on Raw. Yeah. And like the, the damage control stuff, they're getting a really decent amount of storylines and substance and exposure. Um, so, it, no, I, I take against that. Danny G, member for 14 months. When I was a kid, I walked around, I walked around Disney with a got head T-shirt. <laughs> I didn't understand the shock looks as my parents kept saying, it's wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I guess the Sizzamy Daddy T-shirts walking yeah. around Disneyland. Yeah, mm. Sizzamy Daddy ass. Uh, this was missed from last night's Quizzlemania. Jax de Vlayani. Uh, I'm not having it that Will Cheatington pulls another Denise Salcedo and screws everyone but himself. You folks help me through some tough time, though. I hope you all do well as I do. Hashtag love that love. Uh, Laramie Eshnar. Hey, gents. Luke, glad to see your voices returning to normal. Uh, I wanted to say it's very odd when I see comments saying that you guys only say negative things about WWE when I see valid criticism on AEW from this channel all the time. Also, just wanted to say thank you for always covering this stuff. I haven't watched an episode of wrestling in months, not due to frustration with the product, but really just due to a lack of time. But I watch this channel's news and podcast daily. So keep it up. Jam that jam. Thank well, you thank very you. much. It's yeah. a very, very kind thing to say. Yeah, I, I, we would, I like to think that we're very balanced with our criticisms. Yeah. And... If I see something bad in a show, I will say that I don't think it's very good. And if I see something good, I'll say it's very good, depending on whether that's WWE or AEW. Mm, yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's a bit disheartening to <laughs> hear people thinking we, we're more blanket than that. So yeah. it's very nice, Laramie, for you to say that. Uh, Zoe Sung. Ollie, it's good to see you happy on the podcast again. Oh, I'm not, I hate AEW. Uh, my hate for Punk is now doubled since he hurt me. <laughs> He hurt you. I think I'm one of those victims, though, that will now double down on my love for punk. <laughs> I think I'm going to aggressively start defending him. He was right to do what he did. You don't know him the way I do. The Young Bucks said things about him in the dirt sheets. <laughs> uh, Quarren Subs, or Karen Subs. Hey, guys, I was really into the main event, but it gradually lost me since the crowd didn't seem to be interested in the technical start to the match. Great show overall to me, though. AW seems primed to bounce back when the Elite returns. It's going to be Punk who returns. He's in the right. Uh, I don't agree. I think they were concentrating because it was a technically intricate match. That wasn't a bored silence. That was a hmm, hmm. silence. That is an interesting arm ringer yeah. he's doing there. <laughs> Ollie Rod Finally, Oli Rodriguez Dolman, what if MJF loses his cash in, then has to find a way to get a match before 2024? Makes the story more interesting, makes Mox feel more important as a champion. Only problem might be that it makes the chip feel like a waste, but hey, this idea won't happen, lol. I don't mind it, Oli, and I don't think it makes the chip feel like a waste either. He got a title shot. I don't like it. What, that he loses? I, I, I don't, I can't see any ex like top tier exciting stuff for moxley as champion 
That's a real shame. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like MJF's right there, I think. Or, or Danielson's right there. I just feel like there's more there's more exciting prospects right now to I think be top champion. I think there's ways to go with with Marks. Name one. I mean, my first thing was going to say Malachi Black, but he's not there now. Uh, Miro. Darby Allen. <laughs> Sting. I feel like he's done those. Thank Eddie, you very much. Eddie Kingston again. That would, Yeah, and then get the belt on Eddie. Claudio. Punk. Thank you very <laughs> much for joining us here today. Sorry we've overrun, but uh, big show again with the Grand Slam stuff. Please, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment of what you thought of the show if you're watching On Demand. And go over to Patreon, please, uh, because it's Fan Mania later today. And you can partake and compete against loads of other wrestling fans. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. That's been Luke Owen, D-A-D. Jam that jam. Jam that jam, everyone. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.